When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on D and D and D. Is that a dead body over there? Yeah, I found a body. My name is Toshi. Toshi. I was a member of Ivakome's personal guard. When you bring up the mirror shard and you shine it at him, he says, "The missing piece. You recovered it. How did you get that back from the sorceress? She swore that she would never allow the complete mirror to be used for this quest. Uh, she had a change of heart." What of it? Toshi rushes forward and he looks into the mirror. You look intently at the mirror and there's fire. You don't see yourself. You don't see the cave. You don't see the things around you. You see just flames. You feel a heat almost coming off of the mirror shard. You hear now only behind you the screeching of these ghoul creatures and you continue to run down this hallway. There's a shuddering and a sound of stone scraping against stone. The door to the volcano itself is open. Welcome to D and D and D, the Dinner Party Role Playing Podcast. I'm your host and Dungeon Master James Gressel, and with me today are the fun people. Say hi, fun people. Oh, hello, James fell off a cliff. I fell off a cliff. Twice. That's too real. It happens to us more than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Joel, to give you a little D and D TSD. You know what I I thought about after that was in season one you rolled a one. Yep. And I thought it was too early to, yep. to kill you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you did not spare me this time by no. changing or bending anything, but you did before. Yes. It could have happened then. <laughs> the gloves are off. We are the Dinner Party Role Playing Podcast. However, we are not having dinners. We continue to not have dinners. Haven't had a dinner in four months. Nope. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> lunches and breakfasts. <laughs> I continue to be deprived of the opportunity to cook a delicious meal for my friends. But we are given the opportunity to donate the money that we normally spend on that aspect of the show to food-based charities. So, Joel, you found one for this uh, session. What is that? Yeah, so I found a really good charity. It's called Heifer International. And it's a global nonprofit working to eradicate poverty and hunger through sustainable values-based holistic community development. Uh, They distribute animals along with providing agricultural and values-based training to families in need around the world as a means of providing self-sufficiency. Great. So we will be making a donation to Heifer International. Mm -hmm. Excellent. (laughs) Way to be on theme. (laughs) That was a hoot! Oh my god. James is still falling. Is that Rocco's Modern Life? (laughs) That was. Yeah, it was. Oh my gosh. That show's cool. It was. So yeah, we will do that. Thank you, Joel, for finding that charity. All right, let's get into it. So last we left you guys off, you had worked your way through the nine trials of the volcano. 
Yeah, they weren't shit, dude. Easy. Shot a little mirror at them and you're done. Yeah. Boom, boom. No one died. <laughs> no one died. No one died. Nothing bad happened throughout the trials. You escaped completely unscathed, pretty much. Pretty much. For the, for the most part. Didn't somebody get burned? I think somebody got burned on the leg or something. My back's bloody. Yeah. I'm a fucking clown. <laughs> Could be worse. I haven't gotten to eat any lava. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy the like day after that episode came out. For some reason, <laughs> Twitter went on a tear about how good lava looks to eat. And I'm like, I'm so ahead of the game. <laughs> I'm on an island. <laughs> I am the only fucking person on this earth who doesn't think lava looks delicious to Are eat. Are you serious? You know what islands are made of? Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> Tasty lava. No. So mad. It's true. So mad. Oh, oh boy. I can't get away from it now. People keep tweeting at me. It is funny. I saw somebody tweet at you and the podcast, but not Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a time to be alive. Yes. So you are inside of a volcano and you have crossed into the next room after escaping the darkness creatures that were chasing you through the final trial. And you see yourself surrounded by delicious, tasty-looking lava. You now find yourself inside the crater of the volcano. There is no doubt anymore that you are inside of the volcano. It is a massive open cavern. There is a lake of lava before you. And you can scarcely believe that the heat-resistant potion that you guys drank is still working. It is impossibly hot. The air is oppressive. It feels as though your any exposed skin is like being touched by flames. Like you feel Just like metal and con and clue, like flames, flames on the side of my face. <laughs> it is almost like you're burning. You feel as though you're like cooking inside your armor. Any metal surface feels like the hood of a car left in the sun. Like it's oh, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> The vapors from the lava flows and gas spouts all fill the air, diffusing your sight and uh, causing a mild irritation. Everybody make a uh, constitution saving throw. I just have footage of lava up on my computer. <laughs> just set the mood. I'm just watching it. It's not yeah. a bad idea. Dirty 20. Flack is mostly fine. Dirty 10. Margarine is not. All right. Is the dot on the right? Is is it? That's a six. Nine. <laughs> How long you been playing this game? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Mike has never rolled a six or a nine. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> Dirty old twelve. So everybody except for Flack uh, is going to have disadvantage on perception rolls. How are my noodles in this heat? How are your noodles? The noodles seem unaffected somehow. Oh. Magic noodles. The noodles, they're not, like, frying or anything. That's what I was worried about, you know? <laughs> yes, the noodles seem unaffected. You you are, of course, still Spaghetti Clown. Yeah, I know. Flagetti, you have been dubbed. <laughs> I know. Just don't forget it. Don't ever forget it. <laughs> Some of the gas dissipates just enough for you to get your first full look at the room in front of you. Room is a little bit of a misnomer. It's the crater of the volcano, and it is an incredible sight. The lava and the small eruptions and the gas spouts and things are apocalyptic, but there's other things 
other aspects of this crater that are nothing short of beautiful. There is an architecture surrounding the the edges of this lava lake. Uh, You're walking on a polished granite pathway that follows the banks of this lava lake. Further down this pathway to your right, there are entryways to rooms that are framed with carvings in the arches featuring different kinds of activities, different kinds of creatures, uh, harvesting crops, doing sacrifices. There's a bunch of different activities are depicted in these carvings. Uh, There are massive columns of obsidian that hold aqueducts, redirecting lava away from those rooms and towards the lava lake, spilling it in these lava waterfalls. The light reflecting off the obsidian somehow seems to deepen the black of the stone. It's, it's giving a really intense contrast to the brightness of the lava. It's not shining and reflecting. It's like crushed blacks. Strangely enough, it looks like there's some sort of ivy growing on these columns. It's a gold-colored ivy. The leaves at this distance appear delicate. Juno, though, your vision is still clouded. There's some kind of haze over your eyes. It's this faint green tinge to things. And when you move your head, there's a split second before the haze catches up. Huh. Marjorie, you look at Juno and you can see the reason why there is this green haze. There's a faint green specter-like echo of Juno outside his body. He's got a zoom filter. (laughs) (laughs) It's as if it's attached to him with like a, yeah, yeah, it's as if it's a zoom filter. The tracking's just a little bit off. Uh, It's as if it's attached to him with an elastic band that only has like a couple inch give. I figured out this room also. We're done here. (laughs) (laughs) When Juno moves, you see, you get a better look at the appearance of the specter and you can see that it has the look of Juno as you first knew him. Planting his sword in the ground while chasing an owl bear. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, yeah, it's that kind of energy of that young ranger that you knew. Better hair, the mustache, full as it ever was. The specter doesn't have the concerned look on its face that Juno does. Fletch and Flack and Zabus, you can't see this. Everything Juno Marjorie looks. Can? Juno, yeah, Marjorie can. Juno and Marjorie look totally normal, except they are maybe reacting to this in kind of a strange way but that is the scene uh to your left there's nothing but a rocky drop off into the lava lake which dog legs around your left hooking back in the direction from which you came and cascading deeper into the earth presumably to your right the granite pathway leads to an octagonal interchange which leads to a stairway up a wooden door with wrought iron banding and again that archway that has the carvings in it or a short hallway. Uh, Juno, in addition to this green kind of flickering that you see in your vision, you are unaware of what it is. All you see is kind of a veil that's, you know, moving in front of your face. Yeah. But in addition to this, you see out of the corner of your eye, it's, it's just, it's like something flickering in your in your field of vision, and you can never center it. You can never really, like, get a good look at this thing. But there's another spectral figure, not green, not that same color, but you're unable to really nail it down. You get like little bits of details every time you try to kind of look at this. It's a man's face. It's a human man. Blonde hair or maybe light brown, warm eyes, fine clothes, and Marjorie make a wisdom saving throw. 17. Okay, Marjorie, you can see this too. Oh. Nobody else can. 
Marjorie, you've got a look on your face. You've got a look on your faces. Yeah, we've all got looks on our faces. That's what faces do. Look at Judo. He's got like a ghost Judo. What? 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 I see. It might be too hot. You might be seeing things. It might be too hot. It might be seeing things. But what about that guy? And I point out the, was it more golden ghost? Yeah, and it's kind of like jumping around in space. It's a very strange thing because it's not, it's not like a ghost like walking or floating. It's like in the way that uh, Tashi was like looping. Mm-hmm. It's similar to that in that there's just little flashes of kind of activities, the wrong word, but I guess movement of the human ghost-like figure taking a couple steps, disappearing, then appearing in a couple different places at once. Then it appears in that octagonal interchange part of the path and then goes into every room and then kind of repeats and then is up on the stairs and then disappears from your vision entirely. And it's a very kind of erratic image. Yeah, I explain what I'm seeing. Hmm. So we don't see that? You do not see this. All right, Marjorie. We'll just no, we'll no, keep an no, eye on you. you. No, she sees it. I thought everyone was seeing the green, but I think I think I know why I see it. Can I see dead people? <laughs> well, if you know that they died. What? I just mean, I think maybe you can see the ghosts because you know, and they don't know. But you're not dead. I know. Maybe because I maybe because I did. I don't know, maybe if you die here you create a ghost. I don't know. Hey Fletch, can I see the beer shard? Uh, yeah. And I shine it at Juno. Juno, when you're hit with the light from the mirror shard, you're like struck with the sensation of falling. It's that feeling that you get where you like, you know, jerk up and you feel like you were, you know, like if you wake like up if from you're a, falling asleep. Yeah. Like mm-hmm, if you're falling yeah. asleep or if you wake up from a dream where you were falling, you feel the wind at your back. It's incredibly disturbing. You're just caught in that moment where you were falling through the void whenever the mirror shard is shined on you. And Marjorie, you see the ghostly figure of Juno as you shine the mirror shard gets stronger. It like takes a more full form. And as it does, you see the look on ghost Juno's face becomes more and more content. He's almost smiling and he starts to separate. Yeah, but what what does real Juno look like? Not that. Real Juno is in absolute distress. Okay, we're going to cover up the mirror shard. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh, oh, I was back there again. No one saw that? Yeah, we didn't see that. Nope. I don't know. I saw you guys freaking out over the mirror, but I just, uh, you're shot in my way. Okay, and I do. Do I just see a spaghetti clown? <laughs> spaghetti clown kind of glows. Oh, hey, look, I'm I'm a little bit of a glowy guy. When the moon hits your eye, like a big pizza pie. That's flagetti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, while we're all standing around looking at ourselves, I'm going to finally taste some lava. No, Zabbis. It's all over, and Zabbis. we're just standing here. No, and I, I flashed the mirror shard into his eyes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just slightly obnoxious. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go eat some lava. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if the protection's like, I'm really hot right now. I'm hot. I'm experiencing my death once again. I, I don't know if it's safe, Zabbis. Am I? So I'm also really, really hot, Russell? Yes, everybody is feeling oh, this. Oh, man. Not the time. <sighs> yeah, I think somewhere my like deep inside, 
my animal brain knows that I'll get fucked up if I try and eat this lava. Because I am so good with people, I couldn't help but overhear that Juno and Marjorie have been talking about Juno having died. What? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. What are you guys talking about? And I flash the mirror back into Flax Getty's <laughs> eyes. Yeah, I'm a glowy clown. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we have a... Uh, uh, I, 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 back in the room, something happened and Marjorie saved me. I, f- I fell and Marjorie used the whip. Uh, I was going to save it because that's a lot. But I don't know. I don't want this ghost. I don't want the ghost to make me die. That was a little incoherent. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite, I didn't quite understand, understand what you were just saying there, but uh, <laughs> let's keep walking and then because it's really hot and then we'll try to process this. Do you think this is really a walk and talk conversation, <laughs> Fletch? I don't know. Nothing's making sense right now. We're all kind of hallucinating. They're seeing ghosts. Zabs is going to go eat lava like this is bad news. So let's just Nobody's- like start. Fletcherson, we after all we've been to. You're you're telling me that you're not going to believe our two compadres when they're talking about both seeing ghosts together. Friend, we have just lived through and fought ghosts. We have a ghost in a staff right there in Zavis's hands. I, for one, believe Juno and Modrin. Thank you. About their ghosts. I feel like I'm saying things left and right, and I'm pretty selective. What is just Modrin being old? <laughs> you sounded like a New Jersey mob politician like I believe yeah you're getting a little Bernie <laughs> oh no oh no oh. you know Flagetti it's gonna it's gonna wander alright little Bernie in the volcano Listen, all, all I'm saying is I just I don't, it's not that I don't believe I just don't understand because I don't see it and uh, so I while I trust them I'm at a loss of understanding I gotta worry about Pete as well. Pete's really warm. Well, he might like it because he cats like or <laughs> panthers like warmth. I think. If only we had that other incense stick to burn. Mm. Maybe it would help us. So yeah, the path, as I said, leads off to your right. It reaches like a, a little like landing area in the shape of an octagon. One of the ways out of that is a stairway that leads up, made out of that obsidian. And then there is a wooden door with some wrought iron banding, or there is a short hallway that leads deeper into the mountain. Who could have built this? Why would anyone come here? Wait, there's a wooden door? There is a wooden door. We're in a volcano. How is it? How? We should go through the wooden door. There's some magic. Marjorie's still watching that ghost that's flitting about. Can I detect magic on this wooden door? Because... I sure. just don't believe. Do you have the spell detect magic? Probably. Or wait, oh, I thought, I'm sorry, like an arcana check. Oh, yeah, something. yeah, you can do a, an arcana check. 11. <laughs> an 11 is good enough to recognize that this wood is similar, although not exactly the same, as the black oak that the walls of the Knight's Pass castle town are made of and was the tree that the temple at Galadoy was made out of. Uh, Galamathir, I'm sorry, Galadoy is the order. The place is Galamathir. It has some of that kind of inlay. It's a different, it's not oak, though. It's not the exact same wood, although it seems somehow uh, related. This is otherworldly. You're definitely getting the vibe that it's magical. It is not reacting at all to the heat it's not you know there's no scorch marks or anything on it 
it is just a wooden door. It has some metal banding on it and a big, you know, round ring handle. The archway that houses the door has these carvings. The carvings are giving you a vague kind of magic vibe, but you can't really nail it down. I check for traps. <laughs> Spaghetti says aloud. <laughs> I'm going to check this for traps. What do I roll for that? Perception or in- perception or investigation. You are the one without disadvantage on perception. That's true. Yeah, but I also got that plus six investigation, so we'll go ahead and use that. Fifteen. With a fifteen, there uh, the door is locked with a mechanical lock. It doesn't appear that there's any kind of trap that you're able to discover. There aren't any like wires or buttons or anything like that. How's the ghost situation for Juno now that the light isn't shining on him? Is it back to sort of a haze over his eyes? Yes. Okay. I just want to go back to the whole ghost thing, everybody. Uh, Just to defend myself a little bit further here. We all saw Toshi, okay? We all saw Toshi. However, we don't see this ghost or the ghosts that Juno and Margin have been talking about. I just want to say that. I just want to say that. It's my piece. Well, then what about now? And I flash the the mirror shard at the Flitten ghost. When you hit the images of this flickering ghost with the light of the mirror shard, you see him not as a ghost, but as a flesh and blood person. It is a blonde human man, uh, looks to be about early 50s. There's a little bit of gray in a beard, very handsome, very uh, strong and regal looking, all golds. Gold robes, blonde hair, blonde beard, a very kind expression on his face, warm eyes. It's like a lion. No one we've met before. No one you've met before. And he's still flicking scene to scene to scene? Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're kind of pinging around with the mirror shard trying to nail him down, but it, it just keeps moving. He's not like Toshi. I can't, I can't nail him. And if there is some kind of alternate... uh. uh timeline where I died. It makes sense that uh, I would have a ghost, but don't know why you all can't see whoever or whatever that is. Your ghost would still hang out with us? Oh, can we get a second Juno? Oh, is that what you want? You want some some season one Juno and season three Juno just like palling around? (laughs) Yeah! I forget. Can I summon Mark? Can I just have her? I was. That come was my out? next question. Was how about we bring in a ghost expert? I like that. I like that idea. I summoned her for something last time, though. I don't know if that but is a problem. You get what, like three summons, two fights, some shit like one that? one fight, and I think it was three summons to talk to her. However, in this part of the cave, you try to summon Marta. Marta's not coming out. What? Ooh. Why? Marta, don't be scared. It's okay. We're in a volcano. It's fine. Marta, I know it doesn't look like it, but it's still me. Don't be scared. You don't get a response. Uh, it It's just not working. Wow. There might be some magical spell or something that's preventing other ghosts. Yeah, or some or... DM bullshit. Well, the good news is there is that uh, apparently that flickering ghost that Ghost Juno can become friends with. So that's... There you go. He's got a friend. Hey, can we talk to that guy? The other one? It doesn't seem to respond. 
He just looks beautiful. You tried talking to him? Because I'm standing here. I've been standing here the whole time. I didn't hear you call out to him or He's nothing. He's stuck in his own little loop. I mean, I can try. Hey, Golden Adonis. All of the images of the iterations of this ghost turn in your direction. Oh, it's working. Um, oh, see, there you go. Wow, I <laughs> spent five years as a fake shaman and was not prepared for this. <laughs> uh, hello uh, you need some help the man smile or the men I guess smile at you and they wink oh. and you. then they continue their loop but it goes on a little bit longer this time and you can see that different iterations of this man go to different places. One goes through this door, one goes oh. down this hallway, one goes upstairs, one goes back the other direction that you came. And it seems like you're seeing this person at different points along some sort of timeline, everything kind of collapsing in on itself. I'm just imagining like in Labyrinth when they're walking around the MC Escher stairs, just oh, like yeah. a bunch of guys just walking around impossible stairs it kind of has that vibe yeah i have a theory what's up this is the only ghost that's not greed right yeah and you gotta take my word for it but this man is every color yellow every color gold he's glowing and when i shine the mirror shard on him he glows even more he smiled and he winked at me he doesn't seem to be in distress oh he's a happy ghost i don't know if he's a ghost at all is he an angel? Oh, is he an angel? Are you an angel? Are you an angel? Are you an angel? <laughs> the men don't respond verbally. And I whisper, are you the sun god? They smile and continue on their path. I just got another flirt. <laughs> I think we're dealing with the son of God here. Uh, well, um, <laughs> the son of God? <laughs> what? I don't think I did what? maybe say it loud enough. I think this might be the son of God, you guys. I think he's trapped, but he seems chill about it. Yeah, if the moms are, if the leaf and moon oh, are moms, yeah. maybe this is the dad. Well, I thought it was the son. Mm. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> what happened? Uh, I take out Eagle Strike and then hand it to Margarine. Oh, now I'm holding both these boys. And then see, like, hey, hey, Marjorie, if if what you're saying is true, maybe like offer it or show show him them. All right, and I run to the closest iteration of of the golden one. The closest iteration would be you guys were checking out the banded doors. So the closest iteration would be there. And when you approach, holding the mirror shard and eagle strike, you're kind of like. Dragging eagle strike. It is way too big for you. It is the entirety oh, yeah, right. of your length. You kind of go over holding these aloft uh, up to the man who's probably, as you get closer to one of these images, close to seven feet tall. Oh, he's a big boy. <laughs> and uh, the door, the banded door that Flack disco Flagetti discovered that uh, it was locked opens. Oh, oh. Whoa. The man that you have focused on walks through and disappears. What happened? What, why'd the door open? I tell him. Maybe that helped him. <laughs> why did that ghost need to open the door? God, why don't these ghosts understand that their whole thing is that they can go through walls? 
<laughs> I'm so sick of people not understanding that basic tenet of ghost. Well, maybe he's not a ghost. Maybe. I think he's the sun god. Yeah. Not the son of God. Oh, okay. That was my that was my next question. All right. Well, hey, how about we follow this guy through that door then and we could find some answers, maybe. Yeah, let's do it. Let's walk let's through do that it. door. Hey everybody, Russell here with a few quick announcements, then we're going to get you right back to it. Thanks so much for listening to episode 101 of D&D and Be sure to follow us on social media at D&D and Pod on Twitter and D&D and Pod on Instagram, or email us at dndndpod at gmail.com. I want to say thank you to some of our patrons. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you, Gregory. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Desiree. And thank you, Cassie. Thank you to all of our patrons. Thank you to everyone who's supporting the show over at patreon.com slash dndndpod. We're getting close to our next discussion episode. Uh, If you have a question about this season of the show or the show in general, you can send it to us at dndndpod at gmail.com with the subject line dndndnd3. And we may discuss it uh, on our discussion episode, which will do after the season three finale which is getting close but we're not quite there yet so stay tuned uh for more fun to come i think that's it for me so thanks everybody do what's fun hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, inside this door, you find yourselves in a elaborate laboratory. This is unlike anything you guys have ever seen. There there are aspects of it that are familiar. You've been in labs enough to know. Oh, yeah, we have. <laughs> you know, alchemical devices and things. I kind of, Fletch kind of gets a little nervous. Yeah. I think we all have reason to get nervous in labs at this point. <laughs> I think everybody you does. Know for sure. I don't think Martra does. Martra, I don't think, has had a bad experience in a lab yet. Have I had a bad experience? Oh, yeah, and Zabbos hasn't, really. Well, Zabbos is the one who made Juno drink a bunch yeah, of potions. that's true. Zabbos has only had fun in labs. <laughs> I like that gift from Survivor where it's the two women who are like, Ugh, and then the guy in the back's just like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's me. The devices inside this laboratory range from looking incredibly ancient and antiquated to almost futuristic there's nothing you know so insane like a centrifuge or something or at least one that isn't mechanical but there are devices in here that are completely foreign to you everything is pristine there's no signs of age or wear 
Even on the stuff that looks old? Yes. Weird, okay. Yeah, there's there's no signs of neglect. There are racks and racks and racks of ingredients, of complete potions, of alchemy-related books and scrolls. There appear to be some sort of experiments that are even in mid-process. There's burners that are lit and beakers that are bubbling. There is one particular table toward the center of this room that is that looks like it was left in mid-process, in mid-experiment. There are notes strewn about, uh, books that are open, beakers that are bubbling, and crystals that are being held in different holding contraptions. And Marjorie and Juno, you see the golden ghost. That's what I'm going to call him from now on until we mm-hmm. figure out something else, the golden ghost approaches this table and then kind of dissipates. What do you do? Uh, you want I should start stuffing all this in the bag then? No, 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 no. Oh, don't oh. touch anything. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Maybe later then? Maybe later. Maybe. Okay, so you say there's a, like a gold guy, but it's like the same guy. Yep. And he's doing different stuff. And he's flirting. What if, <laughs> like, time is, like, all fucked up here, and it's all, like, flat. <laughs> I mean, these beakers and things look clean as a pin, and they ain't anybody walking around. That's this ghost. It's like time doesn't apply to the, any of the stuff in here, apparently. It's all so clean. And so what if time is all at once? What? No one should be able to build a lab in here, so is this golden... Ghost, uh, is it? If he is a god, what? Why is a god doing science in a volcano? God and science never mix. How do we feel in this room? Is it hot? Is it like I was just about to ask? Yeah, that. Like, yeah. Uh, it's it's significantly less hot. It is much less oppressive than when you were out um, in kind of the main area of this uh, space with the lava lake. You're a little bit protected from that i suppose it is still very warm there's no escaping that Mm -hmm. uh you guys no longer have the uh disadvantage on visual checks and things um because the gas isn't in this room cool so it is still very warm it's not hindering you in any noticeable way there's not any lava treats no lava treats in this room, no. Thank God. Um, there does appear to be a large jar of lava, but but it's in a big jar. Oh, oh, but it's still like gooey. It's still gooey, and it's like moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not in cookie form. It is active lava in a jar. Can I touch the jar? You can touch the jar. I do. I I touch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's warm to the touch. Okay, so far so good. <laughs> I don't I don't notice that Zappas is doing this, do I? No, I just wandered <laughs> off because I can't see any of what you're seeing. I offered my theory. I just I'm that I'm done right now. I wanna go. Zabbis is can... a boo in the ruby right now. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. You said that the, the golden ghost mm-hmm. approached a specific experiment set? Like lab table, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go see what he was doing. Okay, roll an investigation roll. Okay, 17. 
you look at this lab table and the languages on all of these notes and the books and things, anything written, any written word on this table is crazy to you because the letters are all changing. Whoa. They're all moving and kind of morphing together in all kinds of different languages. It's not like an A becomes a C in like a flash. They're like fluid. They're like morphing into different characters. Oh, I can relate. (laughs) You pick out a couple words. You pick out life. You pick out... Laugh. (laughs) (laughs) You pick out phylactery. I do? Yep. Mm. Just because it's common letters that formed together. That is how words work. (laughs) You pick out sacrifice. You pick out unknown. Guys, what does phylactery mean? That is a good question. I think we're supposed to drop the I and the L so it just says factory, guys. (laughs) Or a flactory. (laughs) Oh, It is P-H-Y-L-A-C-T-E-R-Y. If someone wants to roll a history roll, we can maybe find out. Or if Flack wants to use his Ask the DM, Get Out of Jail free card. I was just about to use my legend lore. (laughs) Does he have that spell as Flagetti? I have my spells. Yes, we established because a clown is a bard, he keeps his spells, (laughs) which I am... So upset <laughs> in hindsight that I made that yeah, choice. Fuck you. But like, I don't have like my dead meat necklace. No, you have none instance. of your items. Yes. That sucks. It does suck. Except for your magic spaghetti fork. Uh, this is uh, this is my one shot at this, though. I only have the one slot. So, what if we used it instead for the golden ghost man? <gasps> I can't. I don't know. Uh, hold on. Name. Or describe a person, place, or object. Hmm, I could do that. What do you guys want? Give me a vote. Book or ghost guy? Ghost guy. Yeah, ghost and I guy. Put, hey, hey, Fletch, I put 200 gold down on him being a god. I... <sighs> oh, can I get in on this? Yeah. <laughs> do you have any money, though? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Didn't, like, everything of yours absorb into you like a weird... Yo, spot me, though. You know I'll do one day. You you know as good as anyone that one day I'll be back to normal. It just might take a while. (laughs) But when that happens, I can repay any debts. Huh. Or I could just win this, and then you wouldn't even have to worry about it. That's how I like to think. Okay. Well, sure. Make him bet the fork. Make him bet the fork. Well, the fork's going to disappear. No, I'm not betting this fork. Are you fucking (laughs) out of your mind, man? Fork's the only thing I got. All right, fine. I'll spy you. Fine. Margarine. Okay. All right, 200 for me and 200 for Flack or Flagetti or whatever. Yeah, no, it's either. It's fine. <laughs> okay, what are you asking? So the language of the spell. Name or describe a person, place, or object. The spell brings to mind a brief summary of the significant lore about the thing that you named. Now, before we get the answers, I got to make this bet clear. So, Marjorie, you're saying he is a god? Yeah. All right, I'm going to say he's the son of God because I'm on that kick. And I'm going to say he... Isn't a god. I'm going to fucking lose his bet. This sucks. Oh, wait, no. I'll go in the middle. I'll say he's a demigod. My bet is time is a flat circle. That's oh, you're getting some action, too? <laughs> if, uh, All right. Zabbis is in. That time is a flat circle. <laughs> I, I don't want to miss out. Uh, what can I bet? Um, <laughs> yeah, you tell us, buddy. This is a long bet, but I'm going to bet that Marjorie and he are going to have a romance because they were flirting. What the fuck? The, All right, how, no, that's good. How is this, that's good odds. How is this like? <laughs> that's good odds. 
This is we're, we're missing the point of the original bet. Okay, I, here we go. All right, ask your question, Flack. All right, legend lore. Bring to my mind a summary of the golden ghost that Marjorie and Juno see and that I hope does exist and isn't just like a heat hallucination, which is also kind of Fletch's theory there. Oh, Juno should have bet on that one, huh? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh. Flack's eyes roll back into his head and you... You, that's so scary. Oh, his whole thing is white now. Oh. <laughs> you hear, yes. Well, he's got that, like, purplish mask. That's right. You hear the faint sound of accordion music <laughs> and there is a moment where he is in this kind of trance state. There's a smell that kind of fills all of your nostrils. It is... um. Uh, the very pleasant smell of like uh, garlic and spices kind of mm-hmm. sauteing, like a sausagey kind of smell. I'm sorry, what is this smell from? Just from Flagetti doing magic. Does everyone get oh, it or is okay. it just me? Everyone gets it. Okay. It just kind of permeates out from you. <laughs> well, isn't that normal? Because I have all the spaghetti on the end of my fork. <laughs> It's very strong, though. It's stronger yeah. than usual. Oh, I wonder if you'd be a natural repellent to Avalor now. All that garlic. (laughs) And there are images flashing before your eyes, Flack, as you're in this trance. Um, You see there are, like, legends, special abilities that dragons have, and there's legends of people saying that they interacted with dragons that looked like people. Dragons that took the form of people that came down from their lairs and walked among normal common folk, but returned to their dragon state once they were found out or legends of trapping a dragon in its human form to keep it contained or to make it easier to kill that is kind of all you get from that question guys that might be a freaking dragon so no one won the bet no one won that oh thank goodness flack said or fletch said he was not a god Oh, oh and a dragon's not a demigod that is not the information that you have from this. Okay. All right. I guess, uh, I guess he is not a god. Yeah. Fletch kind of bet the board there. <laughs> Everything besides god or demigod. And since I think this guy's a freaking dragon, why is he glitching all over the place? And Zabbis, I, I got nothing on the time flat circle thing. So I think we all owe Fletch some money here. Well, Fletch owes me good. 200 instead of four now. I gave you, I gave you money. <laughs> uh-huh. Now, uh, Zabbis, I, I paid my you, I paid my debt. You to say something there. What's up? Yeah, why is he glitching all over the place then if it's a dragon? Yeah, ask your brain that. Brain, why is the dragon? Oh, guys, I can't ask my brain anymore. What? Oh, why? I don't know. It's just how it works. <laughs> <laughs> So he's the dragon, but like a boy dragon. He's a boy dragon. He's freaking, uh, what's his fucking name? Pete. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Madeiras. Hello. Juno, when you say the name Madeiras, there is a rush. You feel as if you are pulled through something very quickly and you are flooded with a golden light and then you find yourself in this laboratory, but you do not see any of your companions. Oh, shit. Do we see him? You can see him, but he's kind of, he has collapsed. Okay. He has fallen to the ground, uh, seemingly unconscious or in some sort of trance. 
Marjorie, you still see the ghost that kind of like, but the ghost stays standing up. A pea goes over and probably and licks him on the ground. <laughs> you know, you can't feel that at all. <laughs> so yeah, you guys just see Juno just crumble to the ground at, like it, like he was just shot. Great, dang. And Juno, you are standing in this laboratory. You can't see any of your companions, but you can see the golden ghost, uh, not in a ghostly form, but in the flesh. And he is standing at that laboratory table and he is looking at you and he says, I really don't think this is the right uh, course of research. I, I know I told you you had access to all of my libraries, but this is this is dangerous stuff. Ivicome, you shouldn't be looking at this. But Dearest was a nerd. He's a hot nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here imagining him being like Kenneth Branagh, David Bowie, like, and then his voice is like, it's like oh my God, no. yeah. that's so tragic when someone uh, is hot and then that happens. I guess it's kind of like Seth Rollins in a way. Kenneth Branagh is the right touchstone, by the way. Oh, oh no. Uh, s- sir, are you confused? Uh, my name is Juno. Do, do you know where you are? Uh, y- you are Madeiras, right? Stop fooling around. I- I've caught you red-handed. You've got the text open right here. You're you're looking into this is this is lit shit, and I I won't permit it. I uh, this is <laughs> this is against our agreement. Oh yes, our our agreement of of course. Um. Uh, but, buddy, I gotta tell you, what you think is happening now for me happened maybe like a hundred years ago. Uh, I'm a human. I'm not a tabaxi, Mr. Dragon Man. Wait. When are we? Well, that's a great question. Uh, I don't know how much we keep a calendar. I don't know if we have one <laughs> that I know about. But that apparently, where I come from, you were defeated by Eva Kome. That doesn't sound right. Right, you're a dragon and he's a cat person. That doesn't sound right to me either. But that's what the legends say. This is all very strange. It is very strange. Hey, do you see anything weird about me? Do you see, like, a green haze? And then Juno wakes up. Are you okay? What happened? (laughs) We're all standing over him with different vials. (laughs) (laughs) I'm holding a noodle out to him. (laughs) No, 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 you don't need to do it again. (laughs) Oh, we're in drastic measures here. We didn't know. Uh, so don't say, don't say his name, because then you get transported over to... Hey, Madeiras! Uh, Fleck, you just crumble to the ground. Uh, I sit on the ground and say, Madeiras. I <laughs> <laughs> <You> sit first. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking. Very smart. I didn't have as far to fall. Can I, because I'm still holding this jar of lava. Yep. Can I just... have? A, I just want a little taste. Oh my god, Zavis. <laughs> Zabbis over there like Winnie the Pooh. Yes. <laughs> oh, lava. <laughs> oh, lava. Just whole hand in. Uh, okay. Um, what do you want to do with it? I, I, I just stick the tip of my tongue in it. I just want to just have a little taste. Well, R.I.P. your tongue. <laughs> taste buds gone. Marjorie does not see this happening. It's like when you let your kid go on a walk. <laughs> Take 26 fire damage. <laughs> wow. But how did it taste? Did it t- I was going to say, but did it taste good? Yes. What? <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Guys, it tasted really good. It hurts, but it was worth it. 
the F brothers are past the fuck out. We don't hear yeah. that. Oh, shit. Where'd everyone go? <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. Well, I think their consciousness is in whatever dimension I went to, except I, I told them not to, of course, but then they went and did it anyway. So I guess they're talking to Madeiras as well. The same scene plays out for you guys, Fletch and Fleck, where you cannot see any of your compatriots. Do we see each other? You do not see each other. No. Oh, damn it. No. You uh, appear to have accessed the same memory that Juno did, where uh, Medeiros is upset at what you, quote unquote, have been researching in his laboratory. This is not part of our deal. <laughs> Yo. Oh, oh, hey, uh, oh, fuck my voice. Uh, <laughs> hey, do I look like a clown to you? Okay, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you think, right, listen, you think hey, I'm you're... funny like a clown? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a dragon, right? Madeiras? Yeah, yeah. But why are you also like a person right now? So I can fit in the laboratory. Okay, and what are we, what are we trying to uh, accomplish here in this laboratory? Remind me, I forgot. Well, okay. I this is what it is a pop quiz. You you testing me? Just, yeah, I just gotta make sure you're still sharp because you know sometimes when people transfigurate themselves into different forms, they lose some of the things they know. So I just gotta make sure that you know human Madaris knows all the stuff that dragon Madaris knows. Pop quiz. I I'm an eternal being. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good start. Study and science passes the time. Naturally. I've collected a lot of knowledge since the beginning of time. As one would. I have helped your family as the ruling family of these islands. Very grateful. Uh, and that's part of an arrangement that we have. And access to knowledge in exchange for protection of the temple. But you've betrayed that by trying to research these unnatural ways of extending life. Well, why don't you want other people to have long lives like you, buddy? There are dangerous consequences of this kind of magic. You should know that. You're one of the best wizards I've ever encountered. You're, you're, you're greater than a lot of your ancestors. You're, you're the ninth Ivacome I've, I've known. Wait, I'm greater than my ancestors? And then the vision ends. <laughs> Black wakes up. Uh, I relay all that to everyone. But meanwhile... Hey, so you're a person right now. Aren't you a dragon? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta fit in the laboratory. Um. So just so you know, your trials were pretty easy, and we also took uh, Steve I mean, a- and um, Mikey and Timmy. They're now our buddies. Uh, so you might need to get replacements for those trials. I, I, you took them? I just let you in. That's not very nice. Well, we, and you're looking at, at forbidden magics? This is <laughs> this is a step too far. Well, I mean, I, we're just, I, we're friendly. Your privileges are revoked, sir. Oh. <laughs> I, I, you need to exit this volcano immediately. Oh, yeah, let me just show me the exit real quick. And I'll be on my way. It's just back the way you came. All of the no, no, no. All there the has trials to be an are open easy... to you. And leave Timmy and Mikey on your way out. Can't they like us too much? <laughs> Fletch's vision ends. <laughs> can I just say my dream casting now for Madeiras is Joey Pants Grussell. <laughs>
I think he would be so good with the blonde hair. Oh, I was thinking like Paul Giamatti. <laughs> oh my God, that also yeah. would be good. Just like Madeiras, this great dragon, turned out to be an ornery librarian. None of these men have enough hair. <laughs> I tell everyone the uh, transcription of what happened. And I also do the same. And, and then he said, I was the best one out of my whole family line. <laughs> right, but that wasn't about you. Did you get where the mirror is? <gasps> oh. I mean, it seems like this is like flatlining. Like, we don't, it seems like it's safe enough. Anyone else want to go oh in? Oh my God. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah, Marjorie. We have two more people. Maybe give it a yeah. shot. Madeiras. Marjorie just collapses. <laughs> Crestle. <laughs> you're so done with this. Emma Comey, you're, you're researching forbidden magic. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're here. Where's the mirror? How do you know about the mirror? Uh, it's, uh, I, I just, my fur's all gross. And I need one. Oh, oh, hey, Mira, sorry, I totally unrelated. Something you forget I said anything. Um uh, uh But I don't wait, but what was that though? <laughs> I broke a mirror once, and that seven years bad luck thing is is true. Be careful around Mirrors. Hey, Madeiras, you and I've been buddies way too long for me to not know when you're lying. I... Come on, come on, let your buddy in on a little secret. What's that, what's that mirror? If you promise to give up whatever you're doing here, I'll, I'll tell you. Absolutely. And I, uh, do I, do I have my items? You do not. You look down and you have cat paws. Oh, do I feel, oh. do I feel magical? Yes, you feel very magical, incredibly magical. You feel it's an indescribable energy within yourself that Marjorie has no frame of reference for. This is just like a VR demo. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all trying it yeah. out, yeah, like, like, taking the helmet off and giving it to the next person. Can I catch whatever book I was reading on fire? Sure, you can. How do you want to do that? I don't know how magic works, so I'm going to use my cat claw and just put it down on the book in question. Just dead stare Madeiras in the eye and light it on fire. Roll a 20 to see if you're successful at this. I rolled a 10. Oh. It just, it just. It kind of smokes. Too stinky to use. <laughs> Hey, hey, what are you... I got very on. sensitive nose, and well, I promise you that I'm not going to be doing that stuff. Please show me the mirror. Well, I can't show you the mirror, because the mirror was part of a set of gifts that my siblings and I gave someone very special a long time ago. It's a very special item that I at once long to have back and hope never to see again. So it's not here. No, I, I, I hope... I hope it's where it needs to be. Hmm. And Marjorie's vision ends. I was going to be like, well, siblings suck, huh? <laughs> I relay the information. So he doesn't know where it is. Well, I guess he must have given it to Hank's ancestor. So at this moment, he didn't have it yet. But Eva Kome was doing his research. And then maybe the mirror became a key component of that. Hey, Zabbat! Can you read this? The book that has all of the shifty 
shifty words. Yes, Zabbos can read it, although it's incredibly difficult. I got life, flactories, sacrifice, and unknown. It looks like how books look in dreams. Every once in a while, the text will switch to something that you can't read, which is very, very strange. You can get the gist of what this is. You, with your magical uh, background, uh, recognize this to be uh, instructions for how to create a phylactery, which is a item in which a powerful magic user stores its soul or life force in an effort to unnaturally preserve life. Usually... It has incredibly negative, unforeseen consequences that results in the creation of a lich. Okay. I relay that to everyone. We're dealing with some horcrux type business. Does the golden ghost do anything? Uh, it like shudders, and um, you see it retreat back through uh, the door uh, that you came. I just heard the Zelda puzzle theme. I think we've completed this <laughs> Or whatever. Uh, <laughs> this is exciting. Guys, we should go to all of the different locations where the Madeira... Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> and then Marjorie collapses. research terrible Take magic. me back, take me back. <laughs> <laughs> you play through the little loop. You learn no new information. Oh, I'm back. Sorry, don't say well, same. Right, let's all be... Yeah, let's be careful about what we say. Well, let's follow him into the different rooms and see what, what we can find out. Let's, let's be fair here, though. Zabbis, do you want to go say hi to the Vision? Do you want to do the thing? Um, is it cool? I mean, it's fine. I mean, I was the second guy to go, so I got to do some cool stuff, but I feel like by now maybe we've kind of exhausted the whole yeah. of this <laughs> I'll demo. I'll take your word for it. All right. Well, I think Just to make if sure. we go, we'll be using the, one of the words in the book. We, we're going into the unknown because we don't know what's going to happen, so maybe that's a clue. Unknown. I don't know. Let's go. Into the unknown. Uh, you return to the uh, octagonal interchange of the granite uh, walkway in the greater uh, lava lake room. You see this big uh, kind of structure uh, before you with the aqueducts and the. Um, you have the uh, short hallway uh, or the stairs. What do you do? Um, I'm looking for the, the. I'm looking for Madeira's. There is a, a image of him that is going into the down the short hallway. That image kind of lunges a little bit at the end of it, like just just before you lose the image to your your field of vision, uh, it appears to kind of lurch forward as if with like a sudden kind of um, motion. That that one feels end game. Uh, and I look to the next closest one. There is a golden ghost that is uh, walking upstairs. I will follow him. And I show... That one seems chill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I show the light, the, the mirror shard at that one and follow. Also, Did I need to give this, this sword. I need to give this sword to oh, somebody else. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it back. <laughs> I take it back and then sheath it. Yeah. Uh, no, no one, still no one but Marjorie and Juno can see this. Hmm. Oh, fuck. I'm just taking all of your guys' word for all of this. <laughs> right? Well, Flack and Fl 
Flug, excuse me, Flagetti. Uh, and Fletch, you've you've seen him now. That's what he he looks like a more golden faded version. I'm sorry, Zabus, you didn't get to go and and meet him. It's too bad yeah, for you. He's cool looking. That's cool. Did you burn your? F- what happened? Did you burn your tongue? Yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> you did it. What tasted the forbidden taffy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And now, yeah, and now I can stop thinking about it. It can stop consuming every moment of my thoughts. It's good. I know it tasted good. Do, what do we know? What it tasted like? You know what it probably was when you eat really, really spicy food, and then the uh, oh shoot, what's it called? Capsaicin, Capsaicin tells you that you're having a good time. It's just like yeah. a total oh. overdose on capsaicin, which isn't necessarily tasty so much as it's good feeling. It is similar to that. There's the initial sense of this is something good, and then the overwhelming sense of this is not that at all anymore. <laughs> I hate everything. <laughs> I just set my face on fire. Oh yeah! Before we go, should I? You want me? You want I should stick all this shit in the bag? We got a bag of holding. We can literally put everything in the bag. Yeah, take take the stuff. I feel like that might upset him. What the dead guy? Well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's all eternal. Right. He could just make new stuff. Some of the stuff looks is, really he is, cool. He yeah, he's eternal. got all the time yeah. in the yep, world, good point. <laughs> literally. Good point. So here, I'm gonna hold out this bag, and then I'm gonna walk along the edges of these tables. And Juno, how about you just scoop it all in there? This... Yeah, some of the stuff might be worth something <laughs> oh for, for for the homeless supermarket sweep. Guys, there you go. This is stupid. What? You let it? It would be foolish. You don't even know what you're putting in the bag to later on grab. One of these things has lava in it. All right, we'll avoid the lava. Thing. All right, I <laughs> roll perception in that. Okay. Like, I poke my head back in, and I'm like, "What? What the fuck should we pick up?" I rolled a two. And, and Juno and I just look up <laughs> with me holding the bag, and him about to sweep stuff in. <laughs> I rolled a two. I don't know what you should put in the bag. <laughs> yeah, it just—it's just all just different colored bottles of liquid. All right, right, Juno. Marge, just uh, let them do their thing. If We'll f- deal with the consequences later. So what if it breaks? It breaks in the fucking bag of holding. What does that do? Nothing. Just some acorns get whatever the effects. Maybe an acorn gains like sentience. Who knows? It's fine. Oh, that'd be wild, man. Here. Did we leave the journal of Plinkermore um, Plink- and the guest list in the school, the university? I don't remember ever putting it back in the whole because they were you didn't they were like explicitly put it back. So if if you're trying to preserve it, <laughs> I am. Then it Maybe is still it's on at loan. the university. Yeah, they wanted Maybe to they research just, we gave it, a, like a couple days to study with it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, okay, right. you scoop Super the lab sweets. into the bag of holding. <laughs> yeah, there is a small expansion of the bag, Ooh. and then a compression, and then a little puff of smoke comes out of the top. Flagetti <laughs> make a. Uh, Constitution saving throw. Maybe this will turn me back into a fucking gnome. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> six. <laughs> Take uh, 12 poison damage. Shit. Yeah, and you're coughing. You have a coughing fit now. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Flemgetty. <laughs> Ew. Flemgetty. <laughs> uh, you go upstairs. The stairway is carved. Uh, the stairs themselves are carved from granite. The um, uh, banisters are carved f- 
from Black Obsidian. And you reach a another kind of landing area on like a basically a second floor. It's not an intense staircase. It's a little bit little bit taller than just like a single flight of stairs. And it jogs deeper into the mountain, away from the lava lake, and then you find yourselves inside a great library. Like you're walking into a like a collegiate library. It's very ornate, very comfortable. Still not as hot? Still, yeah, not as hot as you just were. There are stacks and stacks of books. The text on the spines are doing the wiggly, changey thing. It is very, very nice, except there is a streak on the ground, almost like a scorch mark that goes deeper into the uh, into the library itself. And then if you look down in that direction, following the kind of path, uh, it looks like some of the stacks down at the far end of this have been knocked over and there are piles of books on the ground. What do you do? You want I should scoop all those into the bag? Uh, no, not yet. Just okay. hold on. Yeah, hold on. All right. Can we see the... Can you guys see the big M? Oh, can we still not say his name? You could try it. He's not in this room right now. But what's going on with this pile of books? And I walk over there. You find a startling scene. In addition to these pile of books, when you turn the corner, there are piles of ash, uh, some partially burned books. Oh, did I do this? There is a figure frozen in a pose holding up its hands trying to block something it looks almost as if it's a cast of a humanoid person it's like a like a pompeii person behind this figure on the stone floor is a shadow burned into the ground that you can sense from its shape uh is the reflection or the shadow of a female tabaxi it doesn't match the Pompeii figure? It would be, but the Pompeii figure isn't as defined. Like, it's more ashy. Can we uh, perceive that that's just from, like, time and erosion? I mean, you can draw that conclusion. It's not... Okay. This is an incineration. Do we recognize the person at all? Or <laughs> <laughs> No. There's a satchel on the ground near this figure that's, like, half flopped open. Part of it is singed, but some of it survived, it looks like. Juno comes around the corner and, and sees this and like gets out his notebook and and sort of like elbows to Marjorie. So, so detective, what do you think went happened? What, what do you think happened here? I think someone died. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes, uh, very good. Um, I just like look at <laughs> Flag and Zavis. Like, is this what their adventure was when they were? <laughs> they were like <laughs> not spies but you know detectives they're not that great <laughs> yeah right does the scorch mark behind the Pompeii body and the scorch mark on the ground near the door look the same roll investigation it's Detective gonna be sticks. bad it's not <gasps> dirty 20 yeah with a dirty 20 you can get the sense that yes whatever made these scorch marks was the same the one uh near the door along the kind of main hallway of this library is much larger and more intense it doesn't appear to be as focused um the one over behind the body uh is is intensely focused it looks as though something from above hit this person turned them to ash and 
created this shadow. There is a uh, circumference of clean stone around the body uh, where there isn't rubble or books or anything else. It is only this body, the shadow, uh, and this satchel that looks as if it was... You, you can, with this investigation role, tell that it was cast aside, thrown. It didn't fall from the body. It was intentionally... This person tried to save whatever was in this satchel from being hit with whatever hit it. All right, I'm going to go investigate what's in that satchel. Inside the satchel, you find a set of papers that are written in the tabaxi language. Ah, nuts. Sabus. Yeah, I got it. Marjorie, when you first pick up this these set of papers, and when you hand them to Zabus, they start to... A, a green glow starts to emanate from inside the Pompeii body. Oh, okay. Uh, it becomes these three tendrils of green ghostly energy and they start to almost search they're going around and they're looking for something uh and they come up to fletch make a wisdom saving throw one of them comes up to fletch uh 15 okay one of them comes up to flagetti make a wisdom saving throw is this magic yeah i have advantage on wisdom against magic okay 14 Okay, one of them comes up to uh, Margarine. Margarine, make a wisdom saving throw. Seven. So you guys are possessed by a spirit and moved to suddenly speak the words that Zabbos can read. The story of that's how you spell Ivacome and Aluna. Here I will tell the tragic tale of the greatest witch and wizard ever to grace the world. I, the bard Mitski, have followed my lord Ivakome for years, so only I may tell the true story of this doomed quest. Once upon a time, there were two siblings, Ivakome and Aluna. Ivakome was the heir to a kingdom that ruled over an island chain with two big islands called Oyakodo. The two big islands were called the parent and child, some say because they were once the same island before the great volcano on the parent island erupted and sent the child island away. As Eva Kome and Aluna grew, they were taught all the important things taught to young princes and princesses. They were also taught about the portal deep within the parent island, portals to the other realms the Feywilds, and the Realm of Shadows. The portal was guarded by Nadiris, the great golden dragon with the power of the sun. The legends say he lived in the volcano inside a beautiful temple. The temple was guarded by a series of puzzles and the heat of the volcano itself. No one had ever been inside. Still, it was the royal family's responsibility to interact with the dragon when necessary and to ensure the people followed the ways of the sun. Over time, the prince and princess's people, the cat-like tabaxi, grew to pay less and less attention to the religious rites of the sun. They were distracted by knowledge, first of the seas to travel between islands, then of the wider world as they traveled. They converted much of the castle that was once devoted to the sun to the pursuit and storage of this knowledge. The temple became a university. Some say it was Medeiros himself who first gave the royal tabaxi their knowledge, but others say they took it from him. This greatly angered the turtles, 
reptilian, cold-blooded people whose very survival depended on the sun. Where once they lived in peace, the tabaxi, armed with greater weaponry devised through their scientific endeavors, drove the turtles to the fringe islands of the archipelago and tainted their relations for centuries. The royal family was known for its line of great wizards, all named Ivakome, who achieved immense magical power through the study of the arcane mysteries, not through natural connection to the divine or the cosmic. The latest Ivakome, my lord Ivakome the Ninth, vowed when he was young to become the greatest wizard of all time, surpassing all his predecessors, and became obsessed with growing his power. Aluna, meanwhile, discovered something about herself that she had to keep hidden. She had natural magic abilities, which would mean facing discrimination on the parent island and scorn from her own family. Natural magic abilities were viewed as lazy and cheap. She'd been seen as less than. One day, when she was but a teenager, Luna escaped the castle. Not an easy thing to do, escape from a magical castle, but she did it. She walked the streets of Five Docks, taking in life for a normal tabaxi of the islands. At the time, the people were happy. Trade was vigorous with the mainland, as the hunters captured the turtles' beans and bean products, selling them to mainlanders at a huge margin. The university was gaining acclaim. Life was good. But then, Oluna saw something that changed her life and all life in the islands. She stumbled upon some students discussing an exam, and the conversation was getting heated. A group was berating a young woman, accusing her of cheating, accusing her of overstating her power, and calling her names like witch. Aluna immediately knew why the other students were picking on this girl. She was like her, had natural magic. Aluna followed them. The older students chased the younger one into an alley and threatened her with powerful spells banned for students. Aluna stepped in and saved the girl, whose name was Mimi. But her magic surged out of control and she killed the wizard students. Mimi calmed her and told her about a group of people just like them who had been in hiding. Mimi took Aluna to them. The others, sorcerers they called themselves, had been in hiding for fear of persecution. The arcane academics had grown to be incredibly influential among the people, thanks in part to the fanatic pursuit of power by the young Ivakome. He had already performed incredible feats of magic and led a force against the Tortles to great success. Rumors had spread that he conversed regularly with Medeiros and had convinced him to share draconic secrets. His stock was on the rise while Aluna had just killed several people and carried an unstable force of unknown power inside her. After speaking with the other sorcerers, she made a choice. Aluna renounced her titles and claims as the princess of the royal family and led the sorcerers to the Child Island to establish their own society, free of persecution. Furious, Ivakobe swore she'd get no support from the Parrot Island and that as far as he was concerned, she was establishing a rival state that would be treated as such. She tried to reason with him, but in the end, had to do what was best for her people. As time went on, Aluna explored the Child Island and found two immensely curious discoveries. First, a giant monolith that exuded pure magical energy. Aluna, Mimi, and her advisor Hakono concluded this monolith came from the cosmos itself and was perhaps the source of their power. The monolith caused incredible wild surges in their magic, 
but Aluna preached acceptance, not frustration. When these surges cause devastation or death, we are who we are, and we are no less because our magic surges. We are part of this world like any other, and we deserve to live our lives as we see fit, connected to our magic and enjoying it, no matter what may happen. Our magic is beautiful, she told them. Meanwhile, on the parent island, Ivakome's lust for power grew. He spent more and more time at the volcano in conversation with Medeiros. His main goal, preserve the line of Ivakome for all time. The legacy he had in mind, however, threw the dragon into a rage, and he cast Ivakome out of his lair, never to return. Deep within a cavern, Aluna made her second discovery, a portal all her own. Against the wishes of Mimi, she entered the portal, not sure what would happen. She wasn't seen for months, and Mimi and the rest of her people feared the worst. Though at Aluna's request, they did not despair. They, Mimi especially, mourned her disappearance, but honored her by living their life as best they could. They used their magic to make their life happy, and when accidents happened, they celebrated their friends, joining Aluna in the cosmos. Mimi always guided her companions with the kindness Aluna showed her back in the alley. The children of Aluna were curious, fun-loving, happy people, though somewhat directionless without their leader. When she finally reappeared, she told them of a new purpose. They converted the cavern into a temple to the goddess of the moon, who Aluna met in the cosmos. The goddess gave Aluna visions of love and peace, something the sorcerers hadn't known before coming to the child island. They believed their paradise to be due to the moon's divine blessing and exalted her soul. An uneasiness fell upon the archipelago for a time. Ivakome grew the university aggressively and at all costs, scouring the world for artifacts and tomes, sometimes even capturing mainland wizards, interrogating them for the knowledge. He was fanatical about preserving his life, about becoming the final and eternal Ivakome. One day, an elven mage came to the island. It was clear this elf was unlike any tabaxi had ever met before. He was incredibly powerful and impressive just to look at. He dazzled the court with his feats of magical might and voracious appetite. He offered Ivakome something that all his searching and research and experiments couldn't offer, the power of Madeiras. The mage claimed to possess a great mirror, created by the dragon himself and imbued with all his abilities. Mage explained to Ivakome that this mirror needed to be protected at all costs, and no one else had the power to do so. This flattered, my lord, and Ivakome hosted the mage for some time, discussing dark magics deep into the night. The university staff and faculty hated this mage, who dripped poison into our lord's ear, pushing his basest instincts for power over the noble quest for knowledge, seemingly as quickly as he came. He was gone, for our lord was never the same. Word reached Aluna on the child island of what Ivakome intended to do. The use of dark magics greatly troubled Aluna, and she returned to the temple and the portal to seek the wisdom of the goddess for guidance. She once again disappeared for some time. Ivakome barreled ahead with his experiments, and through terrible toil succeeded in turning the mirror into his phylactery, a vessel containing his very life's essence. He believed his mission complete, that he would be the one he would be the once and future Ivakome, ruler of Oyakoto, forever. 
One day at court, there was a sudden commotion that called the attention of all the courtiers. Aluno, wild and haggard, appeared as if out of nowhere, the first time she'd been seen on the parent island in years. She condemned Ivakome for his perversion of the dragon's power, and a furious argument erupted. As the words grew more pointed, the spells began to fly, all until the castle was caught up in the siblings' rivalry. After intense fighting, Ivakome brought out what he believed to be his greatest weapon, the mighty Mirror of Madeiras. What he didn't know, however, was that the moon is but a reflection of the sun. All the anger and malice and jealousy and rage Ivakome channeled through the mirror bounced back on him, cracking the mirror into ten shards. In the aftermath of the blast, Aluna tried to plead with her brother. I'm dying, she told him, cursed by the magics you use to imbue the mirror as a phylactery. These objects are not meant for mortals, and its corruption will plague our people unless it can be reversed. Ivakome, however, was blinded by rage and lust for power. He refused to accept what she said is true. It was the dragon's fault, he said, for refusing to share his power in the first place. If this object was created by him, he can heal it and unlock its power. I will go to him and conquer him, and you will help for this pain you have caused me. You will come back to the family and take your place beneath me as you were always meant to. Aluna agreed, but asked for time to muster her forces. What Ivakome didn't see, however, was that she stole one of the shards, intending to hide it away and keep Ivakome from pursuing this folly. The danger of the mirror followed her, however, and cursed even her island. The sun-worshipping turtles found out about the relic and attacked her temple, killing those they found and taking the shard for themselves. Aluna disappeared. Back on the parent island, Ivakome had no choice but to attempt his quest with the broken mirror. When our lord returned, he claimed victory over the dragon. There was a massive celebration. The great statue in the castle courtyard was commissioned to commemorate the achievement. But Ivakome was different, withdrawn, and seemingly not there. Even for this part, his presence was hard to describe. Some began to suspect that he was not telling the tale truthfully. Years passed and Ivakome was rarely seen. Strange things started to happen on this island. Objects would sometimes come to life and attack their owners. There were rumors of necrophages in cemeteries. Folks said the loved ones were haunting them. As the tales grew more frequent, they started to frighten the superstitious foreign sailors, and trade declined. One day, another elven mage appeared, this one older and panicked. He demanded to speak with Ivakome at once. This mage was the first visitor our lord took in all that time. They spoke behind closed doors at length until finally Ivakome announced an urgent expedition into the volcano. I, the bard Mitski, volunteered for this expedition, and it is from this I will write my greatest tale. I will bear witness to the final defeat of Medeiros and the restoration of our lord. And at that, the... Pompeii figure starts to dissolve into dust and flitters away into the air. My fellow bard, I'm sorry. You guys are no longer possessed. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for telling us that story. That was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a copy of that? Uh, And we remember everything we said. Yes, and should bring some pieces together. Wow, I feel like I read a book. Or sang a song. 
But like a real long one, you know, like Stairway yeah, to Heaven. Yeah, one that like doesn't rhyme. <laughs> also like Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that kind of uh, just filled in all the little gaps my knowledge had. Yeah, whoa. Yeah, I guess there were two trips, the volcano, and the second one is where things went bad. I mean, worse. I wonder if Eva Kome ever uh, killed that dragon. I mean, I guess you guys were seeing his ghost. Well, we well, they don't know if it was a ghost, per se. We still don't know if it was a ghost. Because ghosts are greed, and this ghost is gold. Is that an ironclad rule? So far. <laughs> All right. Is that true? Is Marta green? There's a greenish tint the raven's crest stuff is all black and white so there's definitely like that like you can tell that it's kind of black and white but sure she's got a greenish tinge okay as in your experience ghosts have had a greenish tinge or been like green like the on the um on this island i don't know who that second mage was but who was that first mage who brought the mirror and set this chain of events in motion Albacore? Oh. oh, the hot the hot mage that they talked about? That we yeah, talked I, about, I, I guess? <laughs> I'm a little confused here. And what would have been the purpose? I, I can't imagine it was to destabilize the islands. It wouldn't be the Ombra Coast Trading Company if that were the case, because trade decreased. Or how old is Yanathan? Oh, yeah. Take over trade eventually. They're playing the long game. They're building a business with a long tail. I don't know, this didn't say nothing about vampires, so... It's true. Yeah, questions. Questions that remain unanswered. Is he a lich? He's super powerful. I don't know that word, I'm gonna be honest here. I mean, he's pretty bad, and I feel like he's lived a long time, but I don't know if he's necessarily a lich. He might be close. He's like almost lich status. Hey, I got a big theory I'm gonna throw out. Do it. So Judo mentioned that uh, when he flashed back to a very bad memory of his town all getting destroyed and such, um, he saw mm. Zemem Breverest in the flesh, unchanged from when we saw him a couple months back. Oh, dude, definitely. And we keep seeing the shadow hand. Uh, I've seen it throughout my life in creepy little areas here and there. And then you got Ryleth with it on his lapel and did Abelor have one on his lapel as well? Yeah. I think there's some kind of back behind the scene dark magic dark world thing happening where in order to move up in the world you have to become Zemembrevers for a minute. Wait. Batman? Wait, okay, what? what was that last part? <laughs> it, uh, you guys told us about how there's like a bunch of Ruperts? Right? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think they were doing that with Zabam Breakfast. You don't just think it was just Zabam Breakfast doing his thing? No, I think that he's an avatar for evil. Whoa. Oh, duh. Wait, so is oh, he a per- wait. like? No, he's. Uh, is there a real one? Guys, he Maybe turned at into one bats. Point. He turned into bats. Yeah. Are there? Is this whole thing being orchestrated by bats? <laughs> Bats are evil. Well, I mean, well, I think like a, an empire of uh, a vampire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vampire? Yeah. A vampire for sure. A vampire. Like an empire of vampires. Oh. Yeah, a vampire. Juno got it. 
The world is a vampire. I think one of them is. Wow. The world is a vampire. Well, yeah. We have the secret rings. Maybe we could ask Ryleth, right? Because he has our other one. Is he around? I don't know. This he, just, he just is going about it. As much as I would hey, love to just drop secret Ryleth right now, <laughs> we have established that those do not work over this great of distance. Man, Eva Komei couldn't just give up. He couldn't have just had a kid passed on his power to someone else. He's like, no, I gotta have it. Burr, burr, burr knowledge. I no, mean, I get it, though. To be fair, yeah, to be fair, you never know if you're gonna end up with a fail son. You know? <laughs> so he wanted to extend his life to keep having children, and because if he got a failed son, then it would be bad, so he wanted to extend his life so he could always have kids that were strong. I don't know if the kids thing yeah, was I think really he ever just wanted a factor to rule. in there. I think it was just him wanting to live forever, which, again, I, I get it. I think it's really sweet that our Mimi must have been named after the Mimi from so long ago that was saved hey, by Aluna. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. What if it wasn't, though? What? Mimi's what, a what unique the name? Same? What if that's the same Mimi? And what if she were bats? What if Mimi's, ba- Mimi's probably not bats, but what if Mimi's bats? Well, Mimi's bad? She's a bad bat? No, no, no. Well, uh... This is also confusing. <laughs> it's so confusing that Beth's voice turned into Gary Busey for like a second. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what if he's fired? <laughs> oh yeah, is one of these piles of ash just Mitski? I mean, yeah, I gesture towards Mitski. Yeah, who who dissolved <laughs> oh. into ash and blew away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who do you guys think did that to Mitski? Do you think Madaris? I mean, probably. It's big Fl- oh. flame, <laughs> walking flamethrower. Look at him. Oh. Fleck collapses. God. <laughs> and Fleck, in front of your field of vision, you see held out in front of you two cat arms as if you're blocking something. And you look up and you see a wide open maw Rows and rows of teeth, uh, like if an alligator had shark teeth. There are these kind of uh, glands that are open uh, on each side of this huge mouth that's ahead of you. There is a burst of like flame from each opening in these glands, and then a bright, intense beam of light, and you feel every molecule of your being catch fire uh you feel this you feel every single aspect of your person incinerate and you have just the split second uh of realization as this is happening to toss your satchel aside and save your life's work before you are obliterated into nothingness and then you wake up I'm going to need some new clown pants. D&D&D is executive produced, written, and edited by me, James Gressel. Co-produced and additional mixing by Joel Arnold.
Our original music is by Jeremy Nisato. Hear more of Jeremy's music at jeremynisato.com. D&D&D is performed by James A. Janice, Chelsea Rebecca, Beth Radloff, Mike Saigan, and Joel Arnold. Next time on D&D&D. As you get to the end, it gets brighter and brighter until you find yourself in a huge cavernous horde room. (gasps) Is there gold? Yeah, yeah. Is it a dragon treasure? It is all kinds. Oh! Whoa. Whoa. Flagetti, you can find new pants here!